WTMJ, WNJHD, Millville, Atlantic City, 7-3, ESPN. This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. Halfway through the week here on a Wednesday, it starts now on the Sports Bash, 97.3 ESPN. Mike Gill at Mike Gill Show. Hunter Brody at Broads 81. Josh Henning producing today's show. And you all out there. So halfway through the week, a lot to dive into today as we get ready for Eagles and Ravens. We had a Tuesday night game last night, which was uh, not all that good. Got two lopsided baseball series that made me think a lot last night. And we do not have a Thursday night football game tomorrow. You missing it? No. You missing the thought that there's no Thursday night game? How about tomorrow? No. I'm in on this baseball. I'd be disappointed as crazy as this is. The Rays win tonight? Yeah, because then the baseball for that one series is over. I was thinking about this today because uh, the Rays series can end tonight. And let's just say the Dodger series keeps on going. You know, that thing would be game seven, I think, for the Dodger uh, Brace series would be Sunday night. So they could possibly have that going all the way to Sunday and the Rays could be done. You'd be just hanging out in the bubble for a couple of days doing nothing. How about Aaron Loop last night just coming in? Aaron Loop. Like, all these guys. It blew, That Curtis guy was a Philly at one point. It's nuts. They just grabbed these guys and boom. That I looked it up. That Curtis guy in AAA had like a 10 ERA. Loop was horrendous here. Yet, here the Rays go. They grab these guys up and they perform. I'm glad you brought that up because when Curtis was in the game last night, they mentioned it during the broadcast that, hey, he was cut by the Phillies last year. They, they brought that up. But they didn't really, like, uh, expand on it much. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, what happened uh, with Curtis that they said, this guy's no good? Like, what are the Phillies not seeing that the Rays are seeing? They had Aaron Loop here. Now, Loop was a guy who's not a big part of their bullpen, but he had a pretty good year. Curtis is a big part of their bullpen. He is, I mean, he's pitching in a key moment last night, and he's pitching a key moment in this entire playoff for them. The, like, is it simply the Phillies say, I don't know much about this guy, Curtis. We signed these other guys, and they never gave him a chance. Was he hurt? What was the problem? Like, are they bad at evaluating the guy when he's there? Like, I was scratching my head last night thinking, how did they not think this guy could help them out? Well, in nine games in AAA, he had basically an 11 ERA. That's not good. It's not good. So, if they're not performing here, it's kind of hard to recognize what's there, right? I mean, we you actually made a really solid point when we were talking about Sixto because you see his stuff, and I'm very intrigued by him. But when you look through the numbers, like you talked about in AAA and double or in in the minor leagues, it wasn't like they insanely popped. And it's how did you let this guy go? So, is this similar to that with Sixto? You know. Well, I think it's a little different for this reason. Sixto is a young guy with electric stuff. Curtis, I don't know what his age is. I mean, I don't think that he is like some 22-year-old. I mean, he doesn't look like a 22-year-old kid out there. But um, Right, like when you look at Sixto Sanchez, you need to recognize his stuff is ridiculous no matter knew, what his ERA was. But he was like a top prospect in your organization. Right. So, like, Curtis, I, I mean, I got to imagine that uh, he was not too highly touted and in like – um, there wasn't a lot of information on, you know, but that's my point is 
Was there just not enough information on the guy? And the Phillies just said, ah, he's just a guy. Jim Curtis. What, what's his name? I don't even know what his name is. John, uh, Jonathan Curtis. Jonathan Curtis. Uh, he's Jonathan Curtis. Yeah, There's John no way Curtis. this guy can help you out. And that the Rays don't care about where you got drafted. Now, he was a six-round pick from Minnesota back in 2014. He's 27 years old. I don't know his history, but he was 3-0 and with two saves, a 180 ERA, which is tremendous. But the most impressive number of them all is his 0.96 whip, which means he doesn't let anybody on base, and he averages a strikeout per inning. I mean, this is a guy that the Phillies had in their organization, and they cut him. But there's a reason why the Twins did the same, the Angels did the same, right? So it wasn't like he went to the Phillies and then the Phillies gave up on him instantly and, and he was just awesome from there. He had other spots in his career that yeah. they moved on to. Right. Now, to go to the point about um, Sixto, Sixto is a young guy in electric arm. The Phillies get this guy at 26 years old where he kind of becomes in the journeyman category where he's bounced around from a couple of different organizations. You know, he's with Minnesota, he's with the, the Angels, he's with the Phillies, and then he goes to Tampa. So what does Tampa see in him that he didn't have or nobody else saw? That's what I'm scratching my head about last night as to. And here's another thing that really gets me. The Phillies in my lifetime, Okay, and let's say the recent past, too, like 2012 to now. All this time where they've been bad and had a chance to just call guys up, give people an opportunity to play, and just say, let's find people. They haven't found one guy. Randy Arena. that guy never just pops into your organization if you're the Phillies. The Rays' whole roster is filled with that guy where – they didn't know much about him, but they just got him. And that's why the Rays are good, and you're not. They have a bunch of guys who are Reese Hoskins, guys who were drafted, like, not in the top round, but kind of, like, in the middle. They did, And the pr difference is their Reese Hoskins turn into these really good players, and you just have Reese Hoskins. I agree. I wonder, though, because I would fully commit – to doing what the Rays do. I want names that I never heard of, 50 guys who throw 100-plus. I don't know who they are every single time they come in. Where did this guy come from? I want to go down that road, but could you imagine this city supporting that? Because there would be a lot of people who used to like baseball a certain way that would not like to commit to that type of mindset. Well, guess what? If you are, um, if you are pandering to just one base of people you're not going to ultimately be successful if you're the Phillies. If you're saying, well, our older demographic fan base is not going to like us if we go down this road, you can't pander to that group. Here's the problem. A couple of years ago, the Phillies were in the race. All right? Now, nobody believed they were in the race. Why? They didn't have any stars. Nobody wanted to watch them. But they were in the race whether people liked it or not. They were in that wild card race, but nobody believed in them for one simple reason. They didn't have any stars on the team. They went out and got Bryce Harper, and then they were in the race last year, and nobody believed in them still. So if no one's going to believe in you if you have Bryce Harper on your team, and nobody believed in you before, what's the difference? Go out and do the right thing. Don't try to pander to your base. You have to expand that. You can't just keep saying, oh, we're going to do it this way. 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 No, there's multiple ways to skin the cat, and there's you, that's what the Rays do. They find different ways to do it. They find different players. Uh, a Rose Arena, undrafted. Let's give him a shot. Let's see what he can do. He was This guy 
was at their minor league facility this year. And they just said, look, the guy just keeps hitting. The guy just flat out keeps hitting down there. He's not some top prospect. He's 25 years old. He was never drafted. He played 23 games this year. But their manager was told, hey, this guy can play. you got to give him a chance. He went up there and played. He hit 281 with seven home runs in 23 games. And now he's one of the key pieces on that team. It's crazy. The team is just so much fun to watch. Defensively, they're elite. You got Renfro out there in right field making you, all these plays. Defensively is where they stand out. They make every play, and that helps your pitching. If your pitching's just okay or if your pitching's good but not great, and they make every – I mean, Kiermaier makes every play. Uh, Murgit makes every play. The shortstop makes every play. They make every play. Joey Wendell, who, by the way, if there was a poster of what Joey Wendell would look like, it would be Joey Wendell. He's such a Joey Wendell. He makes every play. And if Joey Wendell, you would say, what would Joey Wendell's batting stance be like if, if a Joey Wendell went up to bat? It would be Joey Wendell's batting stance. Like, he is Joey Wendell. But they find, like, Joey Wendell it doesn't get a shot most places. You know what I mean? Absolutely, you are correct, and it's unfortunate. But here's another thing, and it's unfortunate I'm saying that the Phillies are what they are while I'm watching the Rays play the way that they do. This didn't happen overnight. This is a system that they built from within, and it takes a little bit of time yeah, to they've execute. Been good. They've been good. For what they are, yes, they have put together because they don't have money. They can't spend, so they have to go down this road. So you are right. Based off of their circumstances, they've, they've always you know hung around for the most part and, and done decent for what they have. But to build it to this level, I think, takes some time, which maybe the Phillies don't need as much time based off the fact that they do have more money to spend. How many times, Josh, can you look this up? How many times since the Rays went to the World Series in 08 have they been back to the playoffs or over 500? Over 500 or in the playoffs? It's a tough division for them to even hang around in. That's a great point. So, number one, they're in the most affluent division in baseball you're up against the Yankees who outspend the entire league you're up against the Red Sox who outspend the entire league then you have Toronto Baltimore and Tampa Tampa is the smallest market mm, is Tampa smaller than Baltimore they're probably similar in size uh, they're probably sim I think Baltimore is bigger than Tampa is probably in, in terms of market size but they're similar so you have the least amount of resources in the division has the most amount of resources. For them to be – so my question, I'm leading down this path, is if the Phillies were the Rays over the last whatever, the Phillies won that World Series in 2008, the Rays did not. Which organization would you prefer? The one that has constantly been winning, constantly in the playoffs, or won that one World Series and then has been a dumpster fire since? Easy. I want to be the race. If you follow me on Twitter at Broads81, last night I can't stop tweeting about the race. I want the Phillies to be the race. I am so So you would say I'd give up it. that World Series in 08 for constant success. Wow. So, okay, I didn't realize you were spinning it that way. Well, they played each other since 2000. That's what I'm asking. Since okay. 2008, they played each other in the World Series. Since that time, the Phillies went to the playoffs twice after that, and then they have... Not been back in nine years. Since the 2008 World Series, the Rays have been above 500 seven times in 11 years, and they've been to the postseason five times. Okay, so I, I, I definitely misinterpreted your question. So to go back, if you ask me World Series and then some horrendous seasons or losing the World Series and then still have some success, 
Well, I, w- I would probably take the well, World my Series. Point, and, I, and my point on this is they are built to stay good. Like, they have been over 500 seven times in 11 years. They've been to the playoffs five times. The Phillies, since 08, have been into the playoffs, what, 9, 10, and 11. So they've been to the playoffs three times and been over 500 those three times. They've been under 500 every other year. So the Rays, while they didn't win that World Series, they are they they were competitive, and they're still built to go to World Series after this year. I don't know where the Phillies are getting another uh, opportunity at a World Series. I, I don't. That's I, correct, but that's why I think it's so important to just like you're seeing with the Eagles. They had a chance to win the Super Bowl. We thought it was going to be a window. It wasn't a window. Thank the Lord they won that game because they're not even close now. I'll take. The World Series, even if it means bad play after, because it's so hard to win it. I wouldn't want to pass that up, that victory, especially with the franchise that's been horrendous for their entire lifetime, except for that pretty much that stretch well, that I grew up with. Well, let's just say the Rays, yes, they lost that World Series, but again, they and the managers, by the way, the Rays have had two managers in 11 years. The Phillies have had five. I mean, they had Madden. And now they have cash. Cash is amazing. Not only do they outsmart everybody, do they know how to use the budget that they have, the budget constraints that they have. They also have the best manager. They have the the smartest guy. I mean, Kevin Cash undressed Boone in that well, series. Well, let me ask you this, though. So you are correct. Kevin Cash did do better than Boone. But th- if, if they are just handed what to do, because that is what happens now. They are just told what to do in certain situations is it that the whole organization is just smarter than the Yankees organization instead of because it's all numbers based. So Aaron Boone is just doing what he is told to do. You know what I mean? So is it just hey the Rays organization they're just smarter than the Yankees organization. Yeah. The Yankees came out yesterday. Well I just feel like we're putting too much on Cash and Boone mano e mano. It's more organization versus organization. Oh, I think in the actual game Boone didn't know what to do with his bullpen. He he was cl- clueless on. I mean, the one game he takes. But uh, see, what are you talking about? Game two because they even came out yesterday, the Yankees, and said they they do it again. It was just about the execution part that was flawed. That wasn't Boone, and I feel like Boone gets a lot of heat for that game two decision. That was discussed before the game with everybody up top. Sure, if uh, that, that, that's the rub with sports now, we look at it as cut and dry. As during the game, it's the players and the manager. When it's really not like that anymore. You know, it's not really the, the the manager has a feel in the course of a game and he's just going to do what he, what he feels. Like somebody else has some sort of hand in that game plan, which really sucks. Because, no, I agree with you. It takes away from what that skill set is. But it makes the is. manager look bad. It does. And there, that's why even with Gabe Kapler, now that he's gone, it's almost like I, I look back on it. And, and I was one of the people that did not like his personality, but I understood it wasn't all him in terms of decisions. But now that he's actually gone and I see Joe Girardi, it is more eye-opening to, you know, it's just organizational philosophies that are the problems when teams are bad in baseball, more so than the decision on putting in a certain bullpen pitcher in a spot. Because it's just a flawed mindset from the top, which makes baseball teams either you know, fail for the most part. Yeah, I mean, and, and watching this series, as you can tell, like if you're watching these baseball series, you see how far away you are from these teams. Not even close. I mean, the Rays, to me, the Rays are the best team um, in, in that are of the four left. Braves? Yeah, I think the Braves' one problem, as you saw last night, their bullpen's a little shoddy. Yep. yep. Um, and you need a good bullpen. You need it. You need it. They have the two... They really have the two pitchers, and after that, they kind of fall. I mean, you have Freed and you have Anderson, who are both very young. 
I want to bring something up to you. So my cousin came over the other day to watch him football, and he mentioned Cole Hamels and the Braves. Now, Cole Hamels had the injury and all this, and he goes, I really want the Braves to win the World Series. So then that would put Cole Hamels over the top and get another World Series championship ring so he can then make the Hall of Fame. And I'm thinking... Wait, say this again? He thinks that if the Braves win, Cole Hamels then gets a second ring, therefore that oh, would no. put him in the Hall of Fame. And I looked at him like, dude, are you nuts? What did you smoke when you co- yeah. when you came here? I'm not in a, what and world? Cole he Hamels, did nothing. I'm a big fan of Cole Hamels. Me too. But, but he did nothing. That would never put him over the top. No, in no world is Cole Hamels a Hall Not of even fan. close. I almost fell to the floor and fainted when he said that. I could not believe. Well, the fact that we even brought it up, I'm now ashamed. Yeah. That we've even talked oh, about it. Oh, so that. I shouldn't even. No, I but mean, it's I, preposterous. But I think it's so preposterous that I couldn't even believe it was real and I needed to By bring the it way, up. he's not even pitching. I know. That's why it's cra- If he was pitching, that's a different story. No, even if he was pitching and he was the ace of their staff and led them to the World Series, that wouldn't matter. So if he won, let's say he won a, an MVP. World no. Series. You wouldn't think so? I mean, he, he's like one, he's like a five. He's one sixty three, one twenty two. That's his record. But he would have the two World Series with the MVPs. A lot of guys. Well, the two MVPs right. help. But I mean, there's a lot of guys who have. I'm with you. I, on look, two World I, Series. I, by teams. no means am I sitting here and saying that that would absolutely. I'm just what it does. Twenty five hundred strikeouts. Yes. Yeah. I know it's closer than you might think with the with the MVP involved, but. He's not even playing. So he was truthfully rooting for them to win because he thought that would put him in without Cole Hamels even playing the damn game. Crazy to me. But go ahead. No. I look around at the four teams that are left. To me, Tampa is the deepest. They have the deepest team. They have the best pitching. They also execute when players make mistakes. Altuve. People are claiming he's got the yips. He's making bad throws. Here's an error. What happens when you make an error? We are going to cash in. They just cash in on all these second-chance opportunities. Dude, the difference is, there. I talk about the depth, their whole lineup performs. And their whole lineup performed. Like last night I read from Jason Stark, it's the first time they had a sacrifice bunt the entire season. And they do it last night. They get you. That Wendell, he comes up, it seems it gets a big hit every single night. I don't think I've seen, I don't know if there's a time when I flipped on the TV and that Arosa Rain is up that I've ever seen him get out. I know. And it's like, I, I saw a stat pop up when he got on base for the last time. He had, what, four three-hit games this postseason or something crazy like that where he's constantly getting hits, three hits a game. I mean, in what world is this guy he's succeeding 500 like this? in the postseason. So that would absolutely add up to the three hits a game concept. And, and it's weird because if you look up and down their roster, Meadows is hitting zero, Lau, 077. Um, Mergo is two twenty two. Kiermaier two twenty two. Uh, the shortstop. Um, what the heck's the shortstop's name? Um, where's G Man Choi? Adames. Uh, he's just hitting zero. You know, I don't know how. Like, it just seems like Renfro one sixty seven. I mean, it's not like these guys are all hitting three, but they come up with timely hits. They come up in the big moment. And here, the biggest difference when I watch the Rays and I watch the other teams is everybody pitches, every single one of those guys, and they play unbelievable defense. And they have timely hitting, great pitching, and the best defense. They're one of the best defensive teams I think I've ever seen. I know. It's crazy. They're making electric plays out there. And, and you got to think. At one point in the other game, by the way, sorry to cut you off, 
you heard their announcer said all three guys are center fielders. They now put in. They they'll start guys. They'll take them out late in the game if they're up. They replace them with guys, and all three guys playing the outfield. Well, all three guys will be uh, center fielders, so they cover the whole damn outfield, and they don't care whose bat is in the lineup because to them, all of them come up and do something. There's a reason they're on that team. There's a reason that those guys are on that roster. And whatever it is, other teams are not keeping players that they're keeping. for what. The Rays are the perfect example of accentuating the positives of the players they have. Other teams look at guys and say, well, he only does that or he can't do that. They don't say, what can't you do? They look at their players and say, what can you do? And that is why that team, to me, is the best team left. Uh, and I'm so jealous. I am so jealous watching them. I had football on mute off to the side, and I had Rays on volume 75 last night just shaking on my couch because I was so juiced up watching them. You talk about the pitching. Here you have, like, bases loaded opportunity in the eighth inning. You got the Astros up, and you find ways to get out of the jam. Not only do they have the great defense when it comes to making plays in outfield or do they get the timely hits, but if they do get into a little bit of trouble, if the other squad is making a bit of noise, Let's make some pitching changes. Here comes a guy that they go from a guy who throws 99, they bring in the next guy who throws 99, and they just get themselves the outs they need. Dude, Fairbanks, by the way, the story on him, he had Tommy John twice. By the way, he's he is um, uh, a pain in the ass to watch. You ever Fairbanks, he's, the leg's moving, it's moving again. It's he, he rocks that leg back and forth and back and forth. I was like, dude, hurry up already. But... The guy's had two Tommy John surgeries. What does he do? He starts off the inning with two 89-mile-per-hour slide pieces. I didn't like his third pitch. I would have set him up with the fastball high, but he goes back-to-back-to-back sliders. Then he goes 99 fastball up at your face, and then, he boom, he bangs it with that slider again. I'm thinking... They got a guy coming in throwing 99 with an 89 slider. They bring Curtis in. He's throwing 95 with all speed. Then Thompson comes in. He's blasting 100 on the gun. Castillo comes in. He's going 98. I mean, they got four guys who pitched in that game last night. Four who are far and away better than any guy you have on your Phillies in that Phillies bullpen. Four guys. And Loop, who, by the way, was on the Phillies. And he, look, I don't understand that whole story. Loop's another guy. Just a veteran. He's 32 years old. He's a veteran journeyman. And every other journey that he has taken has not been so good. He ends up on this Rays team. And all of a sudden, this Aaron Loop is a... He's the toughest lefty in the damn league all of a sudden. I mean, Aaron Loop, in his time in Philly, he pitched nine games. Nothing to... 450 ERA. Couldn't throw strike. I mean, he, he, he comes to Toronto all of a sudden. I mean, Tampa all of a sudden. 252. 084 whip. I mean, come on. And that's why I don't think that this is rocket science. If I'm John Middleton, it's pretty damn easy. You look at the Rays organization, you find someone who's pretty involved, and then you can give them a bigger tag. And not only that, when you give them a bigger tag and a title here, you can... Here's the problem. You have money to spend, and you can utilize what you're so great at finding these guys. Here's the problem. They interviewed a Rays guy the last time and didn't hire him. And now that guy is in Boston. Kayama uh, uh, Bloom. They interviewed him the last time and didn't find him to be credible enough. So, I don't know. 
Was he too heavy analytics? And the Eagle, uh, the the Phillies didn't want to go that direction. I, I think the Phillies are so heavy involved in analytics, like grossly heavy. It's just obviously their analytical team is not doing well enough. They're involved. I mean, they are really dedicated to right. But analytical did they get baseball. spooked out by Kyan Bloom just basically Over saying, the top. "Oh, you're not even doing it enough." And did Middleton be like, oh, "I don't know if we're ready to go that far because." What you said, that'll tick off our hardcore old-school fans. We can't do that. You know, people who like Tasty Cakes. <laughs> it's possible. What's wrong with a Tasty Cake? People who wear uh, white sneaks with the blue end. We can't tick those people off. Right? I mean. Well, then that's flawed. Clearly. Obviously. Because you're seeing a lot of success utilizing Dude, this. All I would say is watch the race. Just watch them. You'll enjoy it. You know, you'll enjoy it. They're fun. Three months ago, Gil, we were sitting here talking about how, like, we can't even name anyone on the race. And now me and you are, like, dialed in, ready to rock and roll their entire lineup. They have totally taken over us as baseball fans. Yeah, look, the Dodgers and the Braves, you might look at them with a little bit more star power. There's no question. They definitely have more star power. I mean, you have Acuna, who might be an MVP candidate. You've got Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman, who might be the MVP of the league. They definitely have more star power. They have a very deep lineup. The Braves, their pitching's not better than the Rays, though, and they don't play nearly as good a defense as they do. The Dodgers, I'm a little bit more concerned about. They might not even get out of this series, but, you know, they're top-end pitching. you got Kershaw banged up a little bit, and, you know, they, they obviously have a very deep lineup, but I don't think their bullpen... No one's bullpen is as good as Tampa's bullpen. No, but if you can see, take one thing from the Dodgers yesterday in that loss, no matter what the score is, they do have enough firepower offensively yeah, to climb in. Deep. Their yeah. lineup is deep. I mean, Betts, Seager. Um, I love Mookie Betts. Turner, you know, he's getting a little older, Turner. but He's a free agent, I believe. He is. Yeah. Uh, Muncy's not doing so much. He, he didn't have a good year um, batting average-wise, but he hit for power. Bellinger, not a batting average guy, hit for power. Pedersen had a tough year. Um, Peterson, Jock Peterson had a tough year, uh, hit 190 this year. Their lineup's not as deep, I don't think, as the Braves lineup. But I think their top end pitching, very good. But I like the Rays' bullpen better. And by the way, the Dodgers have the names, the Rays don't. But they're pitching. I'll take Glass now pitching tonight. Yeah. Snell, who's already won a Cy Young. And Morton, who's been one of the best big game um, playoff pitchers in the last five years. I'll take the Rays to win this thing, baby. Sports Bash, watch the Rays, man. Watch them play. They're very fun. All right, Jason Fitz at three, football at four. We got to get into something with Mosh regarding this organization. All right, we got Sports Bash Cash coming up at 255 today. Another chance for you to score up to $10,000. We'll give out the word. You enter it on our website, 973ESPN.com. Or use the free mobile app, and you can enter it right there on your phone. We'll do that at 55 after every hour through 6.55 tonight. Josh will have you tonight on game night. That'll lead you uh, right into the Braves and Dodgers, and then we'll have the Rays and Astros. Unfortunately, I think the Rays are going to sweep this series. I think they're going to win tonight. That would be great. I do have a problem with the schedule, though, for baseball. and It's just, hey, one night it's 8.40, 6.40, 6 o'clock, 3.30, 4.25. I, I just... I'm losing sense of when all these games start each night, you know? It's like, it's just so random with the scheduling. Well, it's it's the rest of the way. I have the schedule for the rest of the way. It's pretty much, like, standard. It's 5.30 and 8.30 pretty much the rest of the way. Because last night was, what, 6.40 and 8.20 or something like that? 
Then they have a later start yesterday. Well, no, because Josh was on until 6-something, right? Mm. It, it was a little bit wonky last night, and, and, but it's just... When the NBA Finals is on, you know it starts at 9 o'clock with these baseball games. Like, the one day we were here, and no, the one game was 3.30. We yeah. were like, whoa. Well, during like when there was a lot of games going on, yeah, there was 145, 3.15, 6.4. But last night the game was it was 5.30 and 8. Today it's 5.30 and 8. Tomorrow, for whatever reason, Thursday, it's 4.30 and 7.30. Now, why would they change it an hour and a half? I, I don't understand why they're doing that. Uh, Friday, it's 5.30 and 8. And then on Saturday, if it gets that far, it's a 4 and an 8. Okay. So, yeah, it does seem to be a little bit more set. I don't know why. Like, I I like the fact that, like, see, typically you would get, like, the altered kind of days where, um, you know, they're not playing at the same time. What do you mean? So it would be Tuesday, one series, Wednesday, the next series. So you constantly have a game on at prime time, night time. Yeah. yeah. But... Maybe it has something to do with, well, no. Well, I think they want to shorten the times in these bubbles. I think they want to get them done as fast as they can. I think they want to try to limit the time that these guys are idle. Like I said, if the Rays win this series, they're going to be wherever they are. Well, I guess they're going to go to wherever the World Series is, is in Texas. So they're in San Diego right now. So then they would have to go to Texas. But because Texas is where they have fans allowed. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, they do have fans involved. So the whole family part of things, I feel... Could change. I mean, some families can't just leave whatever they were doing and go to Texas. So it, there's a lot in play. But yeah, I agree with you. It probably has something to do with making sure these players aren't just stuck in a bubble because we've been hearing NBA players not happy, NHL players not happy with you know how long they kind of were involved in that bubble. It's a long time. Sure is. And uh, for the most part, these guys all year didn't play in a bubble. They've only been in the bubble for these playoff rounds. That's right. it. Right. You so know? it's a little easier to to manage. Yep. Um, one thing too with uh with the baseball, you got when the World Series comes is going to be next week. That starts on Tuesday, so it's Tuesday, Wednesday. They're off Thursday. They play Friday, and I want to say, huh? I got I had the schedule up here in front of me, and I just lost it. But that was uh off my memory there. Let's see, World Series we got coming up. All right, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday. That's the World Series schedule. So you're getting Tuesday, Wednesday, day off Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, day off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So they're avoiding Thursday night football and Monday night football. I think there's a debate on a Thursday that's coming in there. It looks like they're trying to get away. Although, who knows what's going on with the debates now. I don't know. I think there was. Because I remember when the Eagles schedule came out. The Eagles play on Thursday night coming up. And I could have sworn there was supposed to be a debate on the night of the Eagles-Giants game. Because the Eagles play on Thursday night next week against the Giants. This week coming up. Would you watch the debate over that? No. You might want to. I over think the Giants? A, well, I think it's a loss they, for the Birds. They might equally be as trained yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're both horrendous to watch. Yeah, their the point. Eagles play Baltimore Sunday, then they play Thursday night against the Giants, and then they play Sunday night against Dallas. I think the Eagles could lose to the Giants. We we talked about this before. When you look at the Eagles, right, and consistently every year they end up sweeping the Washington team. They end up sweeping the Giants. Not this year, but they have been. And at some point that's going to end. And the way that this team has looked to this point, I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants won a game. Now, is that game in Philly or in New York? Uh, the Eagles have back-to-back-to-back home games. Here. Okay. Three straight home games before they uh, have a, a bye week, I believe, and then they go on the road. Would you be shocked if the Giants no. beat them? No, and yesterday we had uh, John Clayton on, and what did he say? 
basically he said he thinks that the NFC East division winner is going to win six or seven games. And the person who wins the six or seven games will be the team that goes five and one or six and oh in the division. The Eagles are already 0 and one the division. Dallas is one and oh. So if Dallas wins all their division games, they're clearly going to win the division. But I looked at it last night. I wrote a piece for the, the website. The Eagles have a stretch of games where the opponents they play are 19 and 5. 19 and 5. Dallas has a stretch of games coming up where they play. In the same, you know, uh, stretch of time, Dallas plays Washington, Minnesota, the Bengals, and the Giants. They play Washington twice, who is one and three or four. Minnesota's one and four. The Bengals are one, four, and one, and the Giants are 0 and five. So the, the, the Eagles have a stretch against 19 and five. Dallas has a stretch against what two fifteen and one or whatever it is. I see a difference. Yes. Now they do face Pittsburgh and Baltimore and San Francisco, who's kind of struggling a little bit. But I mean, Dallas' schedule is clearly more favorable than what Philly had. I mean, that stretch is the Browns four and one, Seattle's five and zero, oh, Green Bay's four and zero, oh, New Orleans is three and two, and Arizona's three and two. I think that that stretch is way harder than what we just went through now. And by the way, in that stretch, I didn't even include the fact that you've already played Washington and lost, and you've played Dallas twice, who's mm, clearly better than you are. Wow, it's so unfortunate that we are in the spot that we are now. It's it's crazy. I just wonder though. I know this sounds crazy, and I just say that they could possibly lose to the Giants, right? If they beat the Ravens on Sunday, because look, the the I know the Raiders are not in the same spot as the Eagles, but the Raiders beat Kansas City, and I don't think anyone anyone really anticipated that. We've seen crazy wins, what the Dolphins did. It happens, but let's just say they somehow magically pull it off and win on Sunday. Does that then change the vibe on like what this team can do if they beat a team like the Ravens? Because the teams are going to lose games, right? Like good teams are going to fall to bad teams. We see this all the time. What Miami did to the Eagles last year, things yeah. like that happen. Well, what it does Could is you imagine if you somehow steal a game against the Ravens. As I said, here's the difference: you're playing three games at home, back to back to back. Having 7,500 fans there really changes that feeling of you're at home. They've already lost at home to Washington, and they tied at home. So being at home. If this is a different situation and it's a normal year, maybe you win those two home games already earlier in the year. Now you've got three straight home games, and your folks say, okay, we lost a couple games, but now we have three games at home, and we're tough at home. Eh, that's out the window. If you beat the Ravens here, you're at home against the Giants and home against the Cowboys. You could potentially say, hey, that sets up for a nice little four-game streak before we go into that murderous schedule. I don't see that happening, though. No. You're right. I wouldn't be shocked at all if they lost to the Giants, and I certainly don't feel confident that they're going to beat the Cowboys. I don't either. It's just knowing this team and knowing how the emotions run here, you would see a win against Baltimore and then a loss on Thursday night to the New York Giants or something like that. I mean, they're just not a good team. And well, Lane Johnson, that is a big story. Here, but, okay, but here's something that I will say. I do feel that Philadelphia, believe it or not, I feel their defense is better than Dallas's. All right? Do you agree with that? I absolutely agree okay, with that. Okay, so if we think that Philly has a better defense than Dallas, they've got Andy Dalton, you've got Carson Wentz. Now, today, Jeffrey was practicing. I don't know what his status is. Apparently, him and Fulgham were working together. You might get Deshaun Jackson back. If I say, hey, 
you're going to have Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, Fulgham, Goddard. You got your full arsenal of weapons, and you're Goddard? playing. Yeah, Goddard. Is he back? No, I mean, but he's he's not out for the year. Oh, 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 okay. I just didn't know. Did I miss something in terms of him? Maybe you know. I don't know. I didn't no, no, realize. no. I'm just saying. Like by the time you play Dallas, I gotcha. you should have a full comp. At least the second time you play them on December 27th. By the time you play Dallas on December 27th, now obviously things could change and guys could get re-injured. But by that time, you would think you're going to have Jackson, Jeffrey, Goddard, Rieger. You now have something with Fulgham here that by the time you get to that back end of the schedule, that, all right, your offense should be what you hoped it was at the beginning of the year, which I think we all hoped it was going to be pretty darn good. December, Doug, is a thing. 29 points last week. I agree. With, with that offense, with right. that group of guys. Without a run game. The run game could not get established whatsoever, and... The the offensive line, while we do give it credit because it wasn't as horrendous as we thought it might be, there is a problem, though, with the run game. Not only does Doug get away from the run a lot, which we scream run the ball, Doug, but on top of that, they really did struggle in terms of you know run blocking to the point where it did make you one-dimensional, and I just don't know how long you can keep that up. So in terms of you know getting blown up one-on-one, no, it wasn't that horrendous from the offensive line, and they did score 29 points, but I do think it will cost this team, especially with the Lane Johnson conversation with the ankle, if they can't establish the run, I just don't know how successful you can be if you are so one-dimensional all the time. That would be a problem, yeah, and I don't know with this offensive line. I'm interested to see what happens when Peters is ready to come back. I can't imagine them throwing him back in the left tackle. I, I, I would agree, and I would think that they would put him at right guard when he comes back. And you keep Maialata at left tackle, you put keep Herbig there and Kelsey, and then you go Peters at right guard, and then you have Peters and Johnson playing next to each other it's a pretty good, hopefully, you hope Peters is more apt to play right guard athletically. He was just not up for the task, I don't think, to play left tackle. I think he came into camp to be a guard. He was kind of bigger a little bit, you know. Guards are bigger, beefier guys than the tackles typically are. I don't, and maybe you can get your run game going in the second half of the year if you get him playing guard with him and Lane Johnson on that right side and kind of use that right side as to, to run behind. I don't know, but here's what I'll tell you. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost to the Giants. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost to the Cowboys. At the same time, it wouldn't shock me either if they swept out the rest of the NFC East, won six games in six or seven games like John Clayton said yesterday, and you're talking about a team that's that tie comes into play. That would be something, huh, with that tie? I want to get into Jason Peters real quick, though. Do you think it's possible that they would try and justify, because they paid him that much money and gave him the money, would they try and put him back at left tackle so they can justify, hey, we paid this man to be it? They're trying to justify their move by putting him in at left tackle. No, and here's why. Because Howie drafted Maialata, and he thinks he's some boy wonder genius that he found this guy, and it's like, see, I got that guy. Good point. You know, if it was some other rando playing left tackle, I think it would be different. But now Howie can tote, hey, I'm the one who went and uncovered this guy, and we found the guy in the seventh round. You guys knocked me for drafting. I got a starting left tackle in the seventh round that nobody else knew about. It's a good point. It really is. But, you know, people will find ways to still attack him, though, because then it's, hey, you got Andre Diller. And, and then we'll go down the list and all of that if, if that was what Howie Roseman would try and defend. Right, but, okay, uh, this goes back to – we keep blasting Roseman, it sounds like, for this stuff. But all these people who were sad that Joe Douglas left and thought that he was the guy behind a lot of these drafts, 
Should we be blaming him more? I think it's a whole philosophy from a lot of people inside. We talked about the managers in baseball, right? They're handed the information and they just do what they're told. Howie, he definitely has an impact, but I think that there's way more that happens behind the scenes with some other guys where Howie might get all, all of the blame because that's his position because he is the GM, but there's a lot of people behind the scenes with a lot of input, and that's when you get problems, when there's too many voices. All right, let me tell you about Recovery Centers of America. They're drug and alcohol addiction treatment centers located in Mays Landing, New Jersey, and in Devon, PA. Check them out. If uh, you or someone you know is in need of some help, Recovery Centers of America. This is the Sports Bash. I have Sports Bash cash coming up in 10 minutes from now. We got the five rewind from last night's five questions. Jason Fitz at 3 o'clock. Mosher's got football at 4. A lot of football I want to get into today. The baseball stuff I want to continue to hit on too. Also, we got who's in, who's out. On 97.3 ESPN-FM. All right, so the clock has started on Will Parks yesterday. He could be activated this weekend, so we'll see if he helps out. I'm interested to see how they situate the secondary. We'll get into that and more on the Eagles. Doug Peterson spoke today, by the way, so we'll kind of break down some of the things that he had to say. I wonder if he got grilled anymore. I didn't hear it, but did he get grilled anymore on the uh, Geary player? Did they, they just say, all right, enough. I think at some point it's got to be enough, right? How many more answers are you looking for? It reminds me of that fourth and long, though, that happened against Carolina where Corey Graham just fell asleep and didn't feel like guarding the uh, the sidelines. Remember that play a couple yeah. years ago? Yep. It had so much attention to it. This play, similar. Just so much attention, you know? All right, five rewind. These are the uh, five questions from last night. We'll see how I did. You did good. Wow. You had a good day. Not a perfect day, but a good day. You picked the Braves to beat the Dodgers. Wow. Did that surprise yourself? The way that you said that it was almost like you, it shocked you that you picked the Braves. Well, I said when Kershaw went down and then Ian Anderson's pitching. Who looked good, by the way. Yep. Mookie Moniak went to the Phils in that draft. Anderson third, Moniak one. I like Moniak. The race, 2-0. That makes you 2-0 on the day by picking the, the Tampa Bay race. Love yeah. the race. Race. Yeah, I think race sweet. In fact, I already put a bet in. You did. You had a nice odds boost today. Glass uh, now, six and a half Ks and a win. Wow, I like that. Glass now is unreal. Bang. Bang. You picked the Titans yesterday. Ooh. They were dogs. They were plus three. Yeah, I, I was concerned about the Bills constantly being road favorites. They destroyed them. The Bills, Josh said this when I walked in. We were just kind of talking about the game. The Bills looked like they were the team that were off a couple weeks. Yeah, I think the Bills, but they, like, the Bills and these other teams, they got screwed by what the Titans did, and it's like the Titans made out. Like, everybody worked everything around them, and they're the ones that screwed everybody else. Yep. The Bills looked like they just didn't want to be there. They looked, I mean, Allen looked sluggish. They had that one drive. It was 20... Something 16. I forget what. It was something 20-something to 16. And the Bills had the ball, and they're driving. They're like in a hurry up. It's like third quarter, mid-third quarter. And Allen threw that pick. And that's where it went. Boop. How about Derrick Henry's stiff arm? I could have done a better I, job. I talked about that today on the Daily Drive Show, which is back on the uh, At Mike Gill Show Twitter page on my drive into work. And I was talking about, by the way, uh, my buddy Anthony Beck, who played in the NFL first-round pick of the Jets, was on there listening, and I was asking him some questions about Geary, and I said, could you imagine? And he said, weak link, get him off the field. That's what he said. He's an NFL tight end. He said, yep, every team is game-planning for him. I said, every team game-planning for him? He said, he took in. 
absolutely weakest link. Get him off the field. But I said, can you imagine if Derrick Henry got that stiff arm on Geary? Oh, wow. Oh, that would be great. That would be pretty good. I'd buy that poster and put it right up on my wall. (laughs) Watching Geary get stiff-armed by Derrick Henry. That was a mean stiff arm. Uh, There's photos, not even Photoshop, but there's still-framed pictures of when Norman is in the air. It almost looks like he's trying to karate kick him. And, like, mid-air karate kick is when he got pushed over. He was, like, not vertical he was horizontal awesome insane speaking of derrick henry i can't believe the number is 99 and a half we had to relook yesterday when i asked you the question it wasn't even close you picked the under good move by you which i'm surprised because they scored 42 right and that's where you were wrong so you went four and one you went under with the over under but the over hit 58 points it was set at 52 yeah i mean that that was outrageous titans look good it did look good they're trying to play that card, like, oh, look at us. After what happened, they can still find a way to win. You said it best. It was like the NFL catered to them when they screwed up. Undefeated. Undefeated. Who's five? Uh, not who's five. Find five, ugly five. Who's in, who's out? All today, right here on the Sports Bash Live on 97.3 ESPN. All right, I got a Sports Bash cash code word for you. It's worth up to $10,000. It's really simple to do. Here's the word. Treasure. T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E. Treasure.